Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Red and blue. Levin's eyes half opened. He was inside a dilapidated wooden shack. Someone had bundled him up in a grey woolen blanket which was warm but coarse and scratchy. Where the hell am I? How did I get here? The shack provided some shelter from the elements but there were holes in the decayed walls and entire sections of the structure had been raided, probably for firewood. Unwanted guests, the wind and snow, had invited themselves in. Despite the blanket, his body was an ice block. He rubbed his face briskly to wake up and warm up. Kicking off the blanket, he tried to stand but his legs almost gave way. Nevin recalled a sensation of a needle in the neck and his memory came rushing back. He realised he was still affected by the drug administered by the American in the red jacket. How long have I been out? Where's Red? And where's my brother right now? He grunted in exasperation at his uncooperative limbs. Must get moving. After a minute, when his legs had begun to function again, he made his way over to the shack entrance. Yanking open the door, he peered out into the polar night, willing his eyes to focus. He began to plough his way through the snow back towards the vault, his compromised muscles screaming in protest at every step. Every green flash of the northern lights amplified the pain. He ached his way up a gentle incline and was about to set off in the direction of the vault when a shower of red sparks high in the sky to his left caught his attention. Within a minute, the red had faded, but as he squinted into the distance, his sight groping around in the dim blue light, he sensed that something had changed since he first arrived. An enormous chunk of the coastline seemed to have disappeared. He looked out to see. An equally enormous chunk of ice-capped rock was floating in the bay. Had there been an accident or explosion? As Nevin was pondering what could possibly have happened, something caught his eye. There was a red speck visible on top of the floating chunk of ice and rock. Red. The pieces fell into place. He bolted in the direction of his aquapod, which he had left hidden just out of sight further around the peninsula. He leapt in slammed the hatch shut and kicked the engine into gear, setting off towards Red's ice island as fast as was safely possible. As he got closer, he slowed, manoeuvring his way around the edges until he found a spot where he could dock and secure the aquapod. He found the grappling hook in the pod's toolbox 
and hurled it up the side of Red's icy resting place, the hook's claws embedding deep into the ice just below the top of the slab. He tested the rope, then began to climb the rock and ice, the task hampered by the remnants of the tranquilizing drug in his system. Scaling the side of the slab, Nevin hauled himself over the rim, caught his breath, and then carefully picked his way over to where Red was lying on his stomach, saturated and unconscious. Frost clung to his eyelashes and beard, and his lips were blue. Nevin held two fingers to the side of Red's neck, a faint pulse. He rolled Red over and grasped him under the arms, dragging him across the ice in the direction of the aquapod. Red was a dead weight, and his waterlogged clothing made the task all the more difficult. Nevin reached the edge of the slab and hesitated as he looked over. It was only a couple of metres down into the open hatch of the aquapod, but his arms were burning. Can I safely lower us without falling or dropping Red into the sea? In his already weakened state, ten seconds in the Arctic waters weighed down by wet clothes would be the end of Red. Nevin took a deep breath, grasped Red under the arm and across his chest with one hand, and with the other, grabbed the hook's line and, half climbing, half slipping, managed to lower both of them into the aquapod. Nevin collapsed on the floor of the pod, Red slithering to the floor with him. Breathing heavily, Nevin closed the aquapod hatch, cranked up the heating, and removed Red's sodden jacket, pants and shoes. He wrapped Red in the foil blanket from the pod's emergency kit and began working furiously to warm him back to life by rubbing his limbs and face. It took a few minutes, but Red regained consciousness and his teeth began chattering uncontrollably. Colour returned to his face. Nevin levelled his eyes with Red's. I'm not Necro. Red was unable to speak, but Nevin saw that his eyes understood. Did you see my brother? Did he show up? Red nodded. The slab of rock and ice I found you on, did he cause that to break from the coast? Red nodded again. Do you have the Saturnian diamond? Red shook his head. Did my brother get away with the diamond? Red shrugged. His voice was a rasp as he struggled to speak through his cracked, swollen lips. Nevin offered him some water. He might have, croaked Red. I caught him and his accomplice as they were getting away. We fought. I took the diamond from him, but he landed a couple of good blows and I was in trouble. You said you had the diamond. Did he take it from you? No. There was a girl. I, I threw it to her just before he... Red groaned and clutched his ribs. What girl? Red exhaled. She was from the vault. I don't know who she was, but I was in danger of losing the diamond. I don't know what happened after that, whether she made it back into the vault or not. If she made it back into the vault, the diamond is secure, said Nevin. If she didn't, we have to assume the worst case scenario. What do you mean? mumbled Red. My brother is a dangerous character. He wants the diamond for his own purposes, not just to incapacitate Mage. I'll fill you in en route to Atlantum. We're going to need the help of the Ondans. Nevin strapped the American agent in, plotted a course for the Ondan capital, and set off at maximum speed. <laughs>